start the podcast. Howdy and welcome to Beers with Engineers, a podcast by Engineering Dads, where if it looks stupid but it works, then it's not stupid. Hurry up! Here, three blokes, Sean, James, and Pat, talk all things engineering, science, tech, maths, movies, entertainment, and news related. I swear I'm going to lose it! Anyways, sit down, relax, crack open a drink, and enjoy the episode. And welcome back to another episode of Beers with Engineers. Crack them open. Oh, that is one step ahead. A bit ahead of the game there, Paddy. Well, I've got a, I've got, I've got a good beer in my hand. I want to open it. <laughs> oh, ginger beer. <laughs> the old ginger, ginger beer. mix with Nothing beer. Nothing wrong with ginger beer, though. It's delicious. All right, and lads, this afternoon we're joined by a very special guest, Jack. Say hi to everyone, Jack. Hi, thanks for having me on. Welcome to the podcast. So, um, this is Beers with Engineers. And explain your realm of engineering, um, what brings you to the table and what you've got to talk about today a bit of a background on yourself uh yeah hi guys i am a recent graduate of unsw as a chemical engineer and i've worked in the water treatment industry through my undergraduate positions and i'm really interested in the mining industry and i've just landed myself a job in there and i'm really excited yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, That's awesome. what hmm. what got you into mining? Was it interest, or was it just more of an opportunity that you saw, and you're like, I want to try it out, or or do you just like really really like red dirt? And also, are you allowed to drink beer because technically you're a miner? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. You you you. Uh, if, if you want to go down to that miner road, like there's a lot of other things. <laughs> yeah. That I'm no, about. Okay. Sorry. Maybe you, not. There's three questions there. You you blow when you're on when you're on site though. Oh, so okay, as long yeah. as you're on site, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so why I thought I'd like mining engineering, uh, like, sorry, the mining industry. I'm not a mining engineer. Um, a lot of my friends are. That's probably one, uh, one reason. And another reason is the kind of large-scale things, just as an engineer, the massive equipment that is there for the digging up of the rock, mm. the processing. It's more like a mechanical engineer's kind of dream, but also as a chemical engineer i just love that as an engineer in general i love that and then the other reason is the big uh growth that we're going to see in that industry and the need for good engineers to do things well like be responsible towards the environment because everyone knows there is huge environmental impacts mm-hmm. to mining mm-hmm. but yeah. if we do things the best way we can we can limit those a lot and there's not much you can do we're we need mining for everything. Yeah, like exactly. we need it for the metal that makes our cars and our our homes, the structure of our buildings, for uh, renewable energy technology. We need yeah. it for everything. So it's not going to stop. But if we can do it better, that's that's what I want to do, and that's what mm-hmm. makes me want to be part of that industry. Yeah, I think absolutely. I, I think it would be quite remiss to be like, oh no, we can get rid of mining together. Like, you look around, most of the things in this household are dug out of the ground at this point. It's going to be like, uh, it would be incorrect to say we can stop mining altogether. There's only so much recycling that you can do. Um, we're definitely going to need a lot of these minerals in the future. Um, of, of things that we probably don't need to mine, what's your opinion on coal? <laughs> uh, on coal, I can see that it is on the phase out. Like right now, we still actually do need it. Mm. Um, controversial opinion but uh, <laughs> it's a fact we still burn coal right now for electricity that's going out that's yeah. moving out like a big move that we've heard recently 
is Araring Power Station by Origin Energy. Yeah, from 2032 um, to 2025. They're trying to phase it out. And that might seem too slow for some people. But in terms of I've been there, I work for Origin Energy for one of my internships. Mm. And I've been to that power station and seen the size of it and the amount of people that work there and seen on the energy market, like the scale of how much big chunk of that energy that it produces for the state of New South Wales and for Oh, it's massive. Australia, yeah. it's massive. You can't just pull the plug like nah. that. So it's yeah. what, what is that? What is the percentage of like it's the a, use of coal to what we actually need? It depends on states. So the way Australia works in the national energy market, there's five states. So there's New South Wales, Queensland, Tasmania, and Victoria, and South Australia, all connected in one grid. And so some of those generators share. In terms of raw generation, New South Wales coal makes up about sixty to seventy percent. Mm-hmm. That mm. used to be a hundred percent, like ten years ago, twenty years ago. What are the more environmental ones, like hydro and and uh, and solar? So it, solar, yeah. hydrogen, uh, hydro, like you said, wind. Is yeah. it, wind's probably one of, the, one of the biggest drivers at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Wind. It, mm. um, right now, it's mostly solar. It's actually rooftop solar. Twenty percent of houses Small in Australia scale. have solar panels on them now. Yeah, which is. Uh, like three, four million houses. It's got more. There's more solar panels on people's rooftops than actual solar farms. Because like raw panels. Isn't like solar altogether like seventy to eighty percent of solar is small scale, and the yeah, rest is like commercial, yeah. industrial. Yeah, and then we're going to see a massive move through wind. And you, you're spot on there. A lot of the time, it is coal. Um, but this step out that they've done because they've got Irarings closing early. There's about three other uh, ones that got pulled from 2049 to 2042. They'll get pulled into 2035 shortly, I, my, my estimate. Um, we'll see a rapid phase out in the next 10, 15 years. Yeah. But for the time being, I mean, actually, that being said, most of the coal we mine, 80% of the coal that we mine is exported overseas. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Most and, of it goes to China. And, and like some of it's, uh, I don't know the exact percentage, some of it's uh, coking coal for steel and some of it's thermal coal. And the thing mm-hmm. that we can, we have the technology right now to phase out is thermal coal for electricity absolutely so in my opinion that should just be phased out as quickly as possible because it's so polluting not just in a greenhouse gas effect in terms of the like the particle pollutants the ash that's produced and you have to store it in a big ash dam it's a big it's a big process mm. and it's an older technology that we can really mm-hmm. move on from yes yeah, spot on but let's, let's get back into other forms of mining so what is your most what is your the sexiest mineral that you like to see mined? <laughs> well, well, everyone, the buzzword right now is lithium. I was going to say, yeah. Loves, yeah, yeah, everyone loves lithium. Like the Pillsbury lithium mines, man. Paddy's, yeah. got, Paddy's got a very confused face on right now. So I don't know what so. lithium is, to be honest. Oh, lithium, it's everywhere, mate. So lithium is a uh, metal. It's, it's, it's third, a, on, third the on the periodic table. table. Yeah. Yeah. Really um, reactive. And yeah, super reactive. And it's used in lithium ion batteries, which are in all your phones. It's in uh, electric vehicles. Yeah. It's used for grid scale batteries as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just a metal that's really useful in these batteries. These The, the best battery in terms of... Um, weight to energy ratio mm-hmm. which is what you need for your phones and your cars because then you can have a ve- Ooh, sorry <laughs> touching <laughs> stuff um you can like have a small battery that can fit in something handheld yeah. or have enough energy to drive you 500 k's so it's the so best so it's the best it's use the, for a bat- battery without being it too big yes okay so yeah. other metals you might use for a battery 
might be able to be used for a battery, but it it has the best properties for yeah. that, and so we use it for. Okay, so is that. that like the most expensive one or like the most rarest one? It's so the most in demand one for sure. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. so it's very newly in demand, in with the rise of smartphones and electric vehicles. Oh, okay, so I don't know how many years ago before we had smartphones, before lithium-ion batteries were really a big thing. Lithium wasn't hugely in demand, and mm. now it's big in demand and it's going to continue as we get rid of our uh yeah decarbonizing transport cars and, yeah. and 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 also grid scale batteries as well mm-hmm. um as we need more uh we need more storage for the intermittent nature of renewables so we're going to need more of this of these batteries and therefore more lithium but so, sorry my dog sneezed there <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> sorry, bless you. Bless you. <laughs> but yeah no absolutely right like the uh, battery demand is is incredible and talking about like energy density lithium it's going to reach a point maybe in the next five years where it'll be economic to have short-range flights with the density of lithium batteries we're not there yet i'd love to say we are but i'm saying in the next maybe two years we're going to start seeing like flights for them electric planes because of the batteries getting so dense wow i've never heard of that i, I wouldn't believe it no no dude dude 100 there's um there's biplanes between the great lakes in canada where they just took out the air the fuel tanks these things only need to fly now and then put batteries in and put batteries very in short scale motor. flights delivering really short delivering scale. delivering pizzas across cities yeah pretty much very expensive <laughs> pizza delivery it's like 150 for the delivery and four dollars for the pizza but they, a few of them already exist what i want to see is large commercial in international flights yeah which that's going to take a real change of energy density yeah that's a that's a lot harder and that might be a a job for Mm. hydrogen or a job for bioenergy where you're still using the carbon-based yeah yeah but whatever you use is absorbed back into the plants yeah Yeah. um but it puts back to mining (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we're off topic Um, lithium uh like a lot of your other metals that you mine have been mined for hundreds of years like mm. iron ore like coal well, it's not a metal but yeah, yeah. Coal. minerals yeah uh is gold a metal or a yes, yes gold is a metal gold, okay. is, a metal, gold yeah. is metal also big demand in your smartphone yes yes i, I know I, I saw that i saw the movie don't look up it's like they they really wanted the gold in it Oh, yeah. was it gold? Yeah, oh, it was gold the, in, in the medial. Yeah, the they yeah, wanted it to hit. They were like, oh, let's let the world... Yeah, yeah because... because was, oh, at least we'll be rich. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much, And yeah. they found that gold. was like, oh, it'll build jobs. It's like, yeah, but also fucking kill us. The strong capitalist had mindset to that. Exactly. Christ. <laughs> so on the topic of lithium, I know like... So we, we both did the same degree, same uni. So we shared a common um, project, but we did it in different years. My project was extracting lithium out of um, oil and brine, brine gas water. You did phosphorus rock like phosphorus extraction from wastewater right yes yeah. so I'm, I'm a big fan of that because phosphorus is becoming scarce we're going to see the peak of it in about 2030 of phosphorus rock and that's one of our main compound uh, elements we need for nutrients for example to like water your plants grow plants so if we use phosphorus you basically lose humanity like it's like the what, fucking bees you can't yeah, lose them you can't lose it you can't lose the ants mate yeah. refers to yeah. the ants podcast so like I'm a big advocate for that because, like, from that's where our industries cross over. Like the wastewater industry, I could see so easily how that would be done. Extracting phosphorus is that something that I guess is talked about amongst miners a lot is moving into wastewater extraction rather than rock extraction. Well, it's a big thing for. I guess it's more of a chemical engineer thing, but mm-hmm. um, a lot of how the technology works for lithium extraction 
is most of it is are these brine ponds in or brine lakes mm. in uh, like Chile CS, or CSG Argentina and stuff, right? Oh well, you can you, you can if there's enough lithium in the coal seam gas water, the produced water that comes up, then you might be able to take that lith- extract that lithium out. Yeah. But what's mostly done at the moment is in in Chile and Argentina, they have these uh, dry lake beds, right? But they're not actually fully dry. There's a little bit of water either in the middle or there's water about 10 meters down. There's yeah. water. Well, you might have to dig the well 100 meters down, but and then you pump that water out and you use an iron exchange technology. Yep. So that's like similar to a battery in a way, like it functions like battery using affinity. So different little positives and negatives going to one metal and stuff like that to extract things out. Yeah, so basically the lithium will attach to this iron exchange resin, as they call it, these little beads, and then you that concentrates all the lithium there in these beads. All that brine you then pump straight back down the well that you've stripped all the lithium out, mm-hmm. and then you use a chemical process to strip the uh, lithium back out of the resin. Mm. If that makes sense. Wait, so 10 meters down in this uh, so-called lake yeah. where you're pumping the water out, there's phosphorus rock in there. So this oh, is, this sorry, is, this, this is, is for lithium. This is, this is for lithium, a yeah. big roundabout way yeah, of like, saying what? it. But what I was kind of trying to say, if anything has, using technologies like iron exchange, there's other ways of doing mm. it, but you can use these same technologies for, that you use lith, uh, to extract lithium because you just need a source of water that has dissolved in either phosphorus or lithium and you use the same process. It doesn't matter if you're getting that uh, lithium from a brine pond, from a, I guess, a natural resource yeah. or you're getting it from a, like, a waste stream. You'd obviously rather get it for, from a waste stream because you've already done all the work to get that up. You're going to produce that waste anyway, so why wouldn't you take yeah. something out of it? But obviously the natural resource is going to have more lithium it's a in it. concentration, so right? It's, yeah. So it's more economically viable. Yeah. So, yeah, as as it becomes more expensive, probably it will become more economically viable to, to, ex- to do both, wastewater, both yeah. phosphorus and, uh, depending on the type of wastewater, it's a very particular type of wastewater that would have to have lithium in it. The, the phosphorus one's cool because they literally use, like, bugs and biological matter to actually remove the phosphorus, whereas, mm. like, in, like, lithium, you need things like iron exchange, like you said, and membranes, but, like, bugs literally like eating poop and getting phosphorus out of it. That is what I find amazing. Like, as chemical engineers, we get to play with the biological side of things as well and use bioprocessors. So, I'm keen to see where that goes. Like you said, we fall in love with the process. The mechanical engineers fall in love with the, the, the big, big motors. Equipment. I like the big equipment. As <laughs> it, well. is, it is cool to like, see in action, like the massive noises and stuff. No idea how to diagnose a fault on it, but it is interesting to, to look at. Yeah. That would be incredible. Like the real land movies. Have you, there's like a road in the Hunter Valley where you drive down, they have like walls on either side. And in our car, there's a like little map, and so it's a satellite map, and you could see nothing but coal from kilometers wide. You zoom out, and they just block out everything. It is. Uh, do you know the road I'm talking about? Oh, is it all open cut coal it's mines? It's open so cut just coal like mine, and there's a road going off. through it, and they put walls so you can't see it. But on our map, we could see kilometers of just black on either side of the road, but you couldn't wow. see it. Ah, I'll remember the road, but it was incredible as we drove past it because there was a break in the wall once, and all you could see was just mountains of coal. Just wow. cleared out. And the fact that you have machines that could do that is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not uh, hugely uh, over, like, what the exact 
methods of mining, mm. but I know it's called the a long wall. Is the piece of equipment that kind of like cuts away at the coal yeah. seam, and right. it's massive. It's like a hundred meters long, and it kind of like digs, like chugs along and digs away at the yeah at the coal. But mm-hmm. uh, the more hard rock mining is done through different di- different methods. Yeah. Sorry, my uh, dog's got beef with a like a dog outside. So um, oh, fair, fair, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things you mentioned towards the start was like the waste is a massive implication in mining. Now it's not something the everyday person would think about. It's just like, no, nah, we just need metals. Give me my gold. Give me my give me my phone and whatnot. Like I know the main thing is mine tailings, right? Can you like pretty much go through what tailings are and why it's becoming a more important thing in the modern day? Yeah, absolutely. So tailings are basically all the rock. Uh, that you don't want that's been through your process. So you mine the rock that might have your iron ore in it, you crush that up and put it through a flotation Mm -hmm. circuit or some sort of separation depending on what your metal of choice is. The good metal will get separate, good ore will get separated and you take that and you sell it and it gets smelted and then, yeah, you have your product. Oh, you give me a flashback to second year chemistry here. (laughs) Yeah. And then all the crap rock we don't want to call it crap rock it's nothing wrong with it actually it's good, very yeah. gr- ground up uh just very because s- you've ground it up so it can be separated in this process mm. so it's very fine silt and then that then gets pumped into a tailing stamp right okay it's the general way of dealing with it and it's if it's not dealt with properly it can be a big problem um well, why is that so, have you ever heard of the uh, Samarco mine disaster or the Samarco dam disaster in Brazil? I have not. No, I'm not aware. So, it's, it was a tailings dam. So, they pumped the tailings into the dam as a, a slurry. So, it's like water and uh, your tailings, yeah, that silty yeah. stuff mixed. They pump it into a dam and it sits in the dam. Eventually, you, you slowly pump the water out or the water that seeps to the bottom pump it out and it should eventually dry and turn into just a hill and it doesn't really do anything to anyone and it just chills just chills there um but this dam was not constructed uh great in a civil perspective um so that's but yeah (laughs) yeah um the area was also seismically active and it's Uh super high rainfall brazil think amazon high rainfall and so basically what happened in a uh, lot of rain plus an earthquake and a liquefaction uh, event happened. Which, oh, shit. Which, if, I guess, it's probably something only chemical engineers might, or I guess civil engineers, because if, and tailings engineers would know. Um, when you uh, think about when you have sand that's settled to the bottom of, say you have sand and water in a, in a, uh, in a, like a tank container, or something, yeah. all the sand settles to the bottom. You push on the sand, and it's it's pretty solid at the bottom. It's yeah. as if it's sand in dry land. But if you shake that up, the sand kind of mixes in with all the water, and you could actually just put your hand straight to the bottom. Yeah. yeah so yeah. the sand and the liquid stops acting like two separate things, and becomes, and yeah. becomes sort of like homogenous. Becomes one yeah. big sloppy. Yeah. Uh, liquid, like, and then all that pressure goes into the dam wall as if it's all liquid, uh, if that right. makes sense. And if yeah. it's not designed to deal with that, yeah, which something in a seismic like seismically active area should be, yeah, 
it will just collapse the dam because the dam wasn't built to hold water. It was built to hold this. Wait, so are you saying slop. it became almost like quicksand or mud? Yeah. And it just made yeah. everything almost sink. And it, no, and it just collapsed the dam all because all the pressure, it's like that being filled with water instead of dirt, which isn't really applying much. Yeah, dirt pressure. would have a gravitational, but water would have pressure in all, no. all directions. Well, I, I, just, yeah. I just looked up what you just said. I, I, it's the... Uh, the Bramado Dam disaster, or whatever it's called. Yes. Yeah, there's 270 deaths because of that. That's wild. What do you imagine? And there's, there's been multiple of them. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. similar things where it's just been done, hasn't been as well thought out as it could have been. And mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing as engineers that we want to do in that industry. So one, it was a big environmental disaster as well. Like yeah. it just put all these tailings into the river and destroyed a river system. Yeah. And killed people and something as any engineer you want to make sure your thing doesn't break and it doesn't kill people and it doesn't cause yeah, an environmental disaster one so that's a big i guess that's one of the big problems with tailings and that's mm. something that we try and make sure doesn't yeah. happen and um Sorry. We've got a dog. There's another Saying sorry, there's, uh, the dog's got a bit of beef with the next door neighbor's cat. Um, getting yeah. a, bit ex- a bit excited. Yeah. It happens every single time, but it's fine. Yeah, exactly. It's all right, it gives me a bit of time to have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> well, like you can imagine, right, like with a mine with these tailings, how much like leftover rock you'd have. Sure, you'd yeah. have um, your minerals that or the, the, I guess, the metal that you're pulling out, but that would maybe be at 30, 40% yields, I guess. My it estimate. depends on the, yeah. on the metal, on, on ha- what your grades are. Mm. In gold, it can be one gram per ton. So right, you get okay. one really? gram of gold. So that's a lot of tailings. Of rock. producing yeah. a ton of rock. So that Jeez. is a lot of tailings. Well, the it can of be one to about seven. Seven might be a really good yeah. grade of gold. So, like, as a result of all these disasters, like, how much do they push regulation and policy, especially like it's like an EPA would have something to say yeah, about it. Absolutely. Um, in Australia there, it's a lot better conditions. There's less seismically active. There's mm. less rainfall. A lot um, of footprint as well. Generally our, uh, engineering, uh, or oh, we don't also the, um, the dam was built on like a steep valley. So there's a lot of right. area for the water to run down into it. And that, and that sort like of a thing, massive a difference lot of in head pressure head behind yeah. it. Yeah, Whereas Australia is very flat and you've kind of got to build these large, uh, I guess not very high dams with a very, with a bigger footprint. Yeah. And we also have more area cause it's in the middle of the desert and no one yeah. has much area. So there's more opportunity to do it safer. You pull the water out, the less water in the, tailings the safer it is because it just acts like dirt yeah or like hard mud it's not well, gonna is there an opportunity to use like old mines which have just been sh- like scrapped just big empty mines and dumping the tailings in there yeah yeah definitely that's some places do that yeah, yeah absolutely okay. and other places do paste fill in time in their underground mines which adds like it's just re you press all the water out till it's like a paste and yeah. then yeah, exactly what. And then and then just fill it in, and yeah. then all, and you add a, a bit of cement agent yeah. to it, and it kind of just sits there as like almost a not mm. as strong as concrete because it's not yeah, it's made not to be same. that, but it <laughs> yeah, just like... it just kind of fills in the mine and yeah. creates a bit more uh, structure. I know, like I know, like up. dewatered slurry from the oil and gas industry can be used in like road fill, like in replacement for tar. Is there any other like ways of reusing tailings for like maybe okay, again road fill or anything else, or yeah. is it kind of just redundant that it just sits there and um, sort of it? A big one is remining tailings. So right, okay. um, a lot of the time when you first mine a a 
you go up to one or two. You go under right? one or two metals. Yeah. And or your process to extract those metals wasn't as efficient 50 years ago as it yeah. is now. And now you can go back into these tailings yeah. and slurp it back up. And you already have like it ready to and go. And it's already so, basically yeah. ready to go. You've already crushed it. It's already... Already crushed yeah. it. It's got to smelt and it all over again. So it becomes more viable as the metal prices increase as we have more demand for these different... Yeah, it's, yeah. it's truly exponential demand increasing. You know, you touched on efficiency there. I want to go on that as well. Um, how efficient do you reckon the mining industry is compared to 30, 40 years ago? And how far do you reckon that efficiency can be pushed? Um... I don't know about efficiency of... I haven't probably been in the mining industry long enough to know, <laughs> answer that question, but in terms of our ability to extract more on a large scale and automate things, yeah, like big things, companies like Fortescue are doing are trying to just automate a lot of their stuff. One, because mm-hmm. it's safer for people. You haven't got people in the line of fire in these mm. either super hot conditions with big machinery and that sort of thing if things go wrong and two machines can run 24 7 without yeah true absolutely um so that kind of side the scale is a lot more efficient and um and then the processing is always gonna there's always gonna be like an optimization yeah exactly and obviously it's become a lot better like any kind of industry would over the years because you've got people innovated and gone oh we can get more out of this. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of places who are um, re- uh, almost remining their tailings before it goes to their tailings. At the, and you're oh, just trying to get right. more. You're not really doing that. But you've got the, the stream of uh, rock that would be tailings. Yeah. That's going to go to your tailings and then you put it through another separation process to just get a to little bit through. more good metal. Yeah. Out. Yeah. And so that kind of efficiency, yeah, it... it I would say, yes, it is a lot more efficient. I wouldn't be able to give you a number figure. Yeah, that, but like, yeah. And it's going to become more and more that as we mine out the good grade ore. Yeah, exactly. So like Once you pick you... the low hanging fruit kind of principle. Yeah. And then the we're going to be left with these. It's still mineable. It's still economically viable, especially if we have high metal prices. But yeah. We're going to need to be smarter and get more and more out of what is there because yeah, there's going absolutely. to be less there. It's going to be harder to do. And with. you're definitely seeing that with like oil mining, right? Like oil mining was always on mainland, and you're seeing new mining rigs that can go further into the ocean at deeper depths, like wildly different. Like you'll get mining rigs maybe 50 years ago, and today they're going 10 or like 100 times the distance down to get the same amount of oil because the price is just so high nowadays. Yeah. And so, yeah, you can see that in all fields of mining too, I imagine. Mm. Yeah. On the other mm. spectrum, we have uh, metallurgy. Do you do much work with that? Like, Yeah, so that's kind of the... <laughs> wow. wow. Bad podcast etiquette. Anyway. As a chemical engineer, that's kind of... Or a process engineer, that's the kind of area that you go into. So, uh, yes. <laughs> metallurgy is kind of all that separation process uh, into the smelting process, all the refining kind of process. And that's kind of where I'm going to have more of a, of like, that's where my career is going to go mm. um, rather than actually mining. Cause that's more of what a mining or a mechanical engineer in that mining industry. Mm. Yeah. Would do. Well, look, cause like in the water industry, we're starting, we use a lot of stainless steel 316 in the water industry. It's like one of the most written m- materials, like pipes and tanks and whatnot. We're moving more towards glass fused stainless steel because it has 
so much benefits over in like process wise over previous is that something you're seeing being more demanded in the metallurgy industry is actually mixing glass powder and stainless steel powder and then laser melting it back into like its own laser melting wow like Um, sintering it yeah pretty much like it's it's something we're seeing now in the water industry mainly for like digester tanks because it holds temperature like much better um structurally it's more sound um it's less corrode it's sorry more corrosion resistant um and really that would in turn decrease the demand for stainless steel because like it ends up with a much less density product right but you have more stainless steel for like that you can reserve and whatnot. so Mm. i know you want to touch on economics as well so that might be a good lead into it uh well i haven't heard about using that type of steel and that sort of thing that's more of i guess materials science or like i do select pumps in my job and that sort of thing and like and that's like pumping slurries which is a bit more complex than just pumping it's the same kind of design process but it's a bit more complex pumping tailings than just pumping water because they're a bit they're abrasive they're they they're non-newtonian fluid yeah, you wouldn't be using like ABS piping, maybe UPVC or something, or yeah, you generally use uh, yeah, just poly pipe, but yeah. you just make it a bit thicker because the, it's going to be abrading against that, yeah. and then so something they actually have to do is turn the pipes because each if it one side of the oh, pipe will stuck in will sediment, yeah. will like uh, what do you call it? Oh, we'll just wear like, more. Yeah, we'll wear more, so they'll have to turn the pipe over. Oh, have right. To like... Yeah, because the heavier sediment will be the bottom, so the bottom of the pipe will get scratched. Or if there's this. a corner, so it's going to be hitting against the corner. Yeah, or gotcha. the, like, like one time, then you've got to kind of... Oh, jeez, that's a lot of calculation. It's <laughs> yeah. like a, oh, it's not really a calculation. It's a bit of a rule of thumb yeah. kind like of thing. Massive priming like, pumps, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and then flushing the lines is really important. Yeah, and like priming those pumps as well would be like one of the biggest. Because like we... In the water industry, like we pump grit, which is also non-Newtonian fluid, probably doesn't relate much to oh, slurry. Oh, I would say it's all very, it's the same idea. Yeah. Very similar, yeah. In like the fact that you need you need to flush it just as much as you're pumping it, and you have to prime it pretty much before mm. every sort of use, which is like it's crazy. Like the material selection that goes into it. So that's one of my favorite. Sean, did you have any economic questions related to this? Um. I guess one, because Australia is like one of our largest industries is mining. Um, what do you reckon is, so right now lithium mining is really big in Australia because we can do quite a bit of lithium mining, specifically yeah. in Western Australia and the Pillsborough and whatnot. Um, once lithium's on its rocket trail, it's off to the moon. Yeah. What do you reckon is the next mineral or iron in the next 20 years that Australia will have, not a monopoly on, but a good portion of that we will... We um, will have yeah. still iron. Still, <laughs> I mean, iron is like yeah. like bread and butter. Like it, yeah. you have to have it. And yeah. and also, like Australia has lots of big iron ore mines. We have a huge amount of iron ore. So mm. that's one. But in terms of your more up and coming, yeah, metals, so up and coming. So what should we invest an up and coming in? one, which is kind of <laughs> I mean, yeah, stock tips, kind of, kind of related to lithium. Yeah, is cobalt. Oh yeah, which, yeah, which is yeah. at the moment. It's a bit of a social issue and it's also a bit of like a supply chain issue. A lot of the cobalt in the world comes from uh, the Congo, which right. you, no one really knows what kind of labor they're using there, yeah. like what the conditions are for the people. So it's, it's obviously it's a, a heavy eth- metal. ethical issue. It's a very ethical issue. And then also a geopolitical issue in terms of one country, I'm sure, could pay the Congo just a heap of money and say, we want all your cobalt. And then... The rest we of the world doesn't, here, yeah. doesn't have cobalt. So if we mine it 
if we start mining it here, mm. then which there's lots of uh, small companies looking to do that. I'm a, I'm a bit lost. So is cobalt is, is cobalt a type of lithium? No, no. 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 I'm, I'm so <laughs> no, confused now. Cobalt is a different element on the oh, periodic okay. table. So yeah. Um, what, what we should have is like a big periodic table behind. Yeah. So I know what's well, going like, on. Well, like I think three of us can imagine the periodic table in our heads, right? Yeah. I can go up to lot, at least thirty. I'm pretty sure I brought a pillow <laughs> to my science class. Yeah. So, I was so bored. <laughs> cobalt is near lead on the periodic table. Quite heavy. Oh, thank and it's used in. Yeah, it's a heavy metal, and it's yeah. and it's magnetic. Okay, and it's used in batteries. Yeah, yeah, and it's used. Oh, in... oh, I won't, I won't get confused now. It's another element used in batteries. Yeah, phosphorus. Is it not lithium. used in computer chips as well, cobalt? Or oh, is that definitely could be? I, I don't oh, know. Potentially, it could be one of the things they dope silicon with to make it a little bit faster and you know, a bit of extra mm. juice. I can't tell you. Mm. I do have one question though about mining, even yeah. though I don't know what's really going on. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> nothing but honest, Patty. <laughs> Oh, like it. yeah, if, if someone has to be someone has to be the dumbest in the room, I'll put my hand up and be like, "Sign me up, buddy." The when it comes to like picking the location for the next mine or the next dig or whatever, like who is in charge of that and where do you, how do you guys decide where it will go? So geologists, I guess, okay. do yeah, that. So they get the yeah. idea of the geology in the area, and so I don't know much about this field, but they know. Oh, there's some sort of geological pattern here mm. this is like some sort of geological formation let's try drilling there mm-hmm. yeah and, and they then like they drill ch- there and they go oh there's something oh there isn't something if mm. they find something they're like oh let's drill there a bit more and then they build what they call a they uh prove a resource and mm. or prove yeah so they kind of prove that something's there and then mm. they'll sell that to a mining company or they'll start a mining operation themselves once they've mm-hmm. proven enough that there's enough there that it's economically viable to yeah. mine. Geotechnical investigations are crazy. Like, they govern mm-hmm. pretty much every building you see. It's just like, oh, why can't, you know, where we are now, there's so much land down there. Why don't we just chop the trees down and make some buildings? Obviously, it's a social issue as well. But if you do a geotechnical investigation, you'd be like, mm-hmm. there's so much wrong there. It's like, it's you quicksand. Can't you that. can't build on yeah. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that would definitely govern, like, the mining field as well. Um, I had another question. Do you think uh, Bitcoin will take over gold? Oh, this is a very like Bitcoin mining. I guess it is. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's form of mining. Um, Do you I, mind? I would say, I would say, in terms of the overall sentiment, no. I would say okay. like it will just kind of run alongside, uh, run alongside gold. Yeah. But if you also look at Bitcoin in terms of the financial markets, it's actually. In correlation, it's more of a risk on asset than a risk off asset. Oh, right. So when people have a lot of money to spend or like are happy taking a lot of risk or are uh, optimistic about the markets, yeah, Bitcoin, yeah, goes let's, up, let's, but yeah, gold stable. Gold is stable, or or will might go down. Yeah, if ah, if, right. if everyone's like, oh, let's throw our money into stocks. So I'm taking my money out of gold. Yeah, because I'll make more money in stocks. Right. Yeah. Um, but gold is sometimes there was a weird there's weird times where it does correlate with the stock markets like it goes up when the stock markets go up but mm. most of the time uh like when there's not there's an instability gold will go up yeah that's most of the time and or inflation gold will go yeah. up 
Well, so yeah. that's the thing. Like with gold, it's like obviously it's supply and demand inflationary, whereas Bitcoin's a deflationary asset. So it, it is hard to compare the two together because it's not like apples with apples. It's just more like well, one's currency, one's a commodity. One's yeah. physical, one's not. Yeah. yeah. So like one's like a you know if a country owns more gold, they own more of this nice shiny heavy substance. So they're a richer country. Whereas mm. Bitcoin, faster transactions, it's digital. Um, all it needs is policy, and I think that's where we see like a takeoff in it. I yeah. think it's very. I think it's a very different kind of kind of thing it's more yeah. of a technology if i look at it as more of a technology yes you can make a lot of money by in, investing in it or trading in it mm. or you can lose a lot of money too yeah. <laughs> but um i don't see it as a commodity like gold no no absolutely not sort of it's thing. like comparing the us dollar to silver yeah like it's very different yeah mm-hmm. yeah and the thing is right the the thing the uk pound is because it's a uk pound sterling back in the day this said, your one UK pound can get you a pound of sterling gold or whatever sterling silver if you go to the bank. And if you go to the banks, they will give you not a pound for pound what pound, it's worth, but they'll give you the, the actual price. Commodities are designed to float the currency, and it would hard for us to say that gold's going to like lose value. It would be the US dollar, the UK pound, the Australian, and the euro would all be zero. I don't see that happening. No, yeah. I think, and there's also an actual real demand for gold, not just as a, I guess, an inflation hedge or a mm. or a economic downturn hedge. It's not just a financial hedge for things. It's, it's also yeah. used in jewelry and and in electronics. Yeah, it's a so, massive. Demand. So it's yeah. a big commodity that people use. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's not yeah. just like a physical asset that you own because it, it's heavy and it looks cool. It actually has intricate value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A quick question as well, because I, I saw this on TikTok, so I don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> it was that if you get aluminium at a high enough density where you can concentrate mm-hmm. enough, it goes transparent, and that's what they use for bulletproof glass. Can you confirm that? I no. <laughs> Sorry, I have no idea. Yeah, okay, no. I'm not too sure if it's true or not, and I haven't had the time to research I, it. I'd so. say absolutely not. Uh-huh. Like, I've, got uh-huh. a, I've got a question as well. <laughs> Who's your celebrity crush? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Fire, Hot fire round. Yep. <laughs> oh, this is a... This is a tough one. I don't really. Uh, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with a. Um, I'm gonna go with a, a very like, um, childhood one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. You know the girl from Spider Man. Like which which not the the old one like, like when Peter Parker was like the original like Toby Maguire Toby Maguire oh the original Mary Jane the original Mary Jane. The original Mary Jane. Oh, that's What's her name? Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, she was, yeah. I think she's yeah. So, so that's, yeah. that was like the round time. Yeah. She was also in Bring It On, that cheerleader movie. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you know, yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> great movie. Great cinema. That was honestly the most like the most profound. Like, who was it? Who who is that name? Who is going on? And then you guys, these guys asking engineering questions. Like, oh yeah, don't even need to think about it. Just you just know off the top of your head. I love that. Yeah. That's natural talent. Engineers are people too. (laughs) (laughs) We're humans. Thanks for listening. To see more Engineering Dads content like this, head to our YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and I'll link below to see our other projects. Have a good one.